The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Why is it that some folks have a near-death experience that will change their lives immediately, while for others, even an NDE is not enough to change their rowdy ways? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today is Paul Espinoza, a near-death experiencer and the recovering victim of car wrecks which could have cost him his life. An accidental drug overdose when he was 15 years old gave Paul Espinoza the gift of an NDE. Still, he did not change his dangerous lifestyle until two terrible car accidents forced his hand, and he found himself writing spiritual songs and poetry he thinks may be receive, he may be receiving from his Native American great-grandmother and her son, Paul's beloved grandfather, both of whom wrote similar verse when they were still alive. Paul, welcome to NDE Radio. Hello, Lee. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Paul, perhaps we could begin by uh, your telling us the circumstances of your near-death experience. Well, uh, my first near-death experience is when I was, uh, I was 15 years old. Um, you know, I come from a very, uh, religious family, but, uh, I chose to, uh, go down a different path. And, um, the first one that, you know, I went down, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, no, I didn't intend to ha- overdose on the drugs that I, when I overdosed, but I did. And, and when it, when I did, when it did happen, I was like 15 years old and, um, I actually took six quaaludes and a bottle of Everclear, not knowing that those quaaludes were going to do that. And I actually took them a day before mm-hmm. I drank the, the bottle of Everclear. But when it when it happened, I uh, actually overdosed. I flatlined, and I was taken to the hospital. And when I was at the hospital, they were um, pumping my stomach, mm-hmm. not knowing that I had the pills that were in me. thought I just was on the alcohol. Well, finally, afterwards, my sister-in-law, who had took me, taken me to the hospital, because she had, um, she was there with me when I, I had the experience. I have a letter with me that she had wrote me. Um, mm-hmm. and this was in '82, and when they took me to the the hospital, actually, they, um, from what her story is, is like, like you know, this is this is from what you know I've been told and everything. I can just tell you everything that happened before the, the accident, and then. And then after the accident, but during this accident, when I overdosed, I, I was, um, declared dead. They told my mother that I was, uh, not going to come back. You know, not, you know, I actually, I, I, I flatlined. So I flatlined yeah. and they brought me back. When they did bring me back, they told my mother I was brain dead, that I would be brain dead probably for the rest of my life because of the fact that I was, I had, had been out for a little while. Well, when I was out, that's when I actually, uh, saw the vision that I saw. And it was a, it was a, it was, it was a, a big, it was like, it was unexplainable because, uh, you know, it was, it was a white figure. It was a big, bright, bright light. And this, this bright light, you know, came to me when I, when I woke up and I was, I was like, wow, did I, did I really make it? Did I really make it? And this person told me, no, it's not your time. And I went back down. Well, two days later, I I finally woken back up, and then that's when I I come through and 
you know, I started living my life and, and, and I, and I started telling the doctors what I saw. Well, when I was telling the doctors what I saw, they were looking at me like I was crazy, you know, like you couldn't have seen that, you know, it was just, uh, you know, probably us or whatever. And, and uh, I was sure of what I saw. Well, all that now, time, you know, when you, when you were over there, uh, was it, um, was it a figure? Like when you said a figure, was it, was, it, did it yeah, seem it to be a like a person? Yes, because because it was like I woke up and it was like I was in a, in, a, in a big bright area. I was I you know I, I couldn't see myself of course, but I could see what was what was there, and mm-hmm. and what was there was just big. It was all white. It was just bright, bright, bright light, bright light. And the okay, so that, you didn't you didn't travel down a tunnel or or feel like you were moving anywhere. You were just suddenly there. Yeah, I was like, son, yes, yes, sir. I was just suddenly there, and, and then, and then I was able to, like I said, I, I was able to move around, you know, walk. I guess you can say I was walking because I was trying. I, I couldn't believe where I was at. It was just bright and, and beautiful. It was just beautiful. Just the light was beautiful. Mm. And Did then, you have a sense of of love and? Um, oh yes, yes. Oh yes. It's like it's like I knew I was in heaven because I even asked. Did I really make it? When, when, I, I asked this only because at first when I, I didn't know where I was at at first. And yes. then when I saw this figure coming towards me and I couldn't see, you know, his face, or I couldn't see anything about, I just saw, you could just see like a figure coming through the light. You know, it was like part of the light. It was, uh, it was just part of light. Mm. And, and when <clears> he came <throat> towards me. I, I looked, uh, I looked at him because it was a male voice. I looked at him and, and, and I, and I asked, I said, did I really make it? Did I really make it? And he he actually said, "No, it's not your time. He doesn't want you now." And I went out, uh-huh. and, and uh, yeah, and I went back out. So it was like uh, it was it was not. Uh, if he doesn't want you now, implies that God doesn't want you yet. I, I, I believe. Uh, I, I yeah. I, I I get that now. I didn't get it then. Uh-huh. I get it now. I've gotten yeah. it now. It took me a couple more times to get it. You know, and that first time, I, I, you know, it was hard. It was hard for me to believe it because, like I said again, when I, when I, when I was awoken, when I came out of it, they were told me what happened to me, and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What? I didn't, I didn't mean to do that." And they were like, "Yeah, you tried to kill yourself." And I was like, "No, I didn't. I was, I was, I just took these things. I didn't, I didn't know I was doing." Well, yeah, you, you had this in your, in your stomach, and you had that. And I said, "Well, those pills I took a couple of like on Friday when I drank was on Saturday." I wasn't trying to do nothing like that. I didn't mean to try. I wasn't trying to kill myself. I wouldn't want to kill myself. And then right. I told them, you know, because they made me go to counseling. And I told them that, you know, what I saw. And they're like, no, you couldn't have yeah. saw that. You know, you, you, no way. So, so did the doctors persuade you that you hadn't seen it? Or did you know for sure that oh, you had? They persuaded me so much, they put me on pill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They tried, to, they tried to make it to where, no, you didn't see what you saw. So now, do you think because they did that that you weren't as affected by it and you didn't straighten out your life right away? I believe I, yeah, I believe it had a lot to do with it. Yes, I believe it had a lot to do with it. You know, because even then, I I changed my life. I, when that happened to me, I changed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I changed. I, I was doing the right thing for a couple of years, but when they were when they had me, and, and actually that after that happened, I I, I actually started writing back then, Lee. I actually started writing right after that. I never was a, I was a, I was a hell, I mean, I was a, a little kid that was hell raising, you know, 15 years, just not. And then afterwards, I started writing poetry. And, and actually that's when I started writing the first time. 
And I didn't believe also that that was like, like I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that this was coming out of me. I was like, no, nah, this ain't me. So, you know, so you, like I said, you were still a teenager when you started writing. Correct. I was, correct. Oh. I even have, I even have a old book back and dated in 82 that I, that I have that, you know, that, that has a date on there that when I started writing, it tells you about my life, how I lived, you know, and everything, right. you know, cause I, I was writing back then. And, um, so, like I said, so, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so really, even though you came back, you, you had a connection, you had a link, you think, yeah. with this yeah. poetry flowing from that side to, to you. Yes, not knowing it until now, not knowing it yeah. until now, but cause, because I was all like, you know, where is this coming from? You know, like, well, I never did this. Like, this is not me. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't write this kind of stuff. You know, and then, and then, like I said, then the doctors, I was seeing the doctors and they were like, you know, yeah, you're, you know, you need to take this, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, you're just having you know issues and this and that. And I was like, dude, I can tell you what I saw. No, you couldn't have saw that. It was probably us when we were resuscitating you, you know, there is, there is bright lights there and everything when we, you know, when we try to resuscitate you. And I said, so then you guys told, you know, I told them what, you know, so then somebody told me that it wasn't my time. He didn't want me now. Could have been, and you know, so. You know, I didn't, I didn't believe. A couple of years yeah. went by of taking those pills. Then I started, you know, I was like, man, this is not, this is not me. I don't want to do this, you know. So, you know, I, I actually, I actually had my first blessing, which was, which I should have listened then, and which was my daughter. You know, mm. I had a daughter at a young age. But things happened between my ex and me and, and, you know, and things just, I just went down another totally bad path again. And when I went down that bad path, I was just doing things horrible again. And that's when I had my second, I guess you can say, wreck. I had a, I, you know, accident because it was a wreck where I went from one side of I-10 to another. And this here also, I wanted to tell you that we talk about channeling. I believe God works through people. I believe he works through individuals and, and comes to us, you know, like, you know, it may sound weird because, like I said, I was telling the doctors this, but to me, I, I really don't care because now there's movies out there, there's stories out there, there's you out there now that's trying to get us, trying to let people believe now, you know, because it does happen. There's me there's me letting you know that it did happen. Because mm-hmm. during this wreck, I actually went from one side of I-10 to the other, flipped my car, left the left the front end on the on the on the on facing east, I left my front end, my tires facing east, and I was on the actually on the, my whole car was actually on the other side facing west mm. when I was done oh, sideways. And during that wreck, I got out, handcuffed, getting ready to go to jail. Another uh, a police officer pulled up, came out, talked to me, talked to the other cops, told the other cops to unhandcuff him. I'm taking him home. I was all like, what? And he says, yeah, I'm a great believer in God. And for some reason, you're still here. And I, I was all like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, I'm taking you home, man. You, you, you mean you're telling me that you went from over there, those are your tires over there, and this is your car, and you're still right here? And I was like, uh, yeah. And, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking you home. So then he actually called my father and told my father, you know, your son is, you know, he has, because my ankles actually were, were broke. I didn't know that they were broke because I was just, I, I was so adrenaline up and, you know, everything else. And, um, he told my dad, he needs to go to my, plus my nose at this time was actually, you know, split too. And, and, and 
and that was, you know, it wasn't broken as much as what happened to the third one, I'm going to tell you. But after this happened, he, he called my dad and told my dad that, you know, your, your son is around for some reason. He should have died. And, uh, he, you know, he should go to jail and everything. And uh, I'm not taking him to jail. I'm bringing him home because for some reason he's, he's, he's here. And then my dad's still around. He can witness this also because, um, you know, <laughs> you know, he was told that. And yeah, well, it does sound like you had uh, not only a, a kindly cop, but you also had a very kindly guardian angel who was able to save your life in that wreck. That's what I believe. That's what I believe when I say channeling, you know, and, and God working through people, because yeah. that was an angel to me. That was another. That was an angel, you know. Because and then I changed my life again. I, I started doing good again, and and mm-hmm. you know, started going on the right path. I started writing, writing poetry during that year also. And and then I fell off the track again. And when I fell off the track, you know, and actually when I started when I started doing good, I, it was my second blessing is when I met my better half. And mm-hmm. for 20 years, I was doing good. 20 years, I was doing real good. Then my my kids, which she which I raised, you know, she had three sons. And like I said, I believe that it was a blessing to me. So I you know I changed my life. And and for 20 years, I I did right. I did good. I did everything that was, you know, possible. And my kid, the kids got older and started testing me and started hearing how I was, started trying to go that way. I started begging them not to go that way. They chose to. Then I slipped. You know, I messed up. And then again, this is when I had my third accident. And the third accident truly woke me up because this one, I, I actually wrecked into three poles. I was, I was ran off the road. Went into three poles. When I went into three poles, I, I mean, I was, my car was smashed. You have a picture of my car. My face was smashed. My leg was smashed. I was bleeding out my leg. The, the, the guy that called, um, the, the cops, cause it was right by an airport. The guy that calls the, the police officer and the, the ambulance and everything said that he believed he thought a train wreck, you know, had happened. That uh, was me smashing into those three cars. I mean, not three cars, three poles. Hmm. And um, lo and behold, when I was out, I I I was out. I know. I mean, because I can't remember. I was out, but an officer also there told my better half that I was talking to him. I was. He couldn't believe that I was talking to him. My face was rearranged. He saw my face. It was actually hmm. caved in. They said, "Get a light bulb, drop it on the ground." That's how many fractures I have to work with, Mister Espinosa. And, and, and my better half was like, please fix them, please. You know, when I got to the hospital, of course, but that's how smashed yes. my face was. So when I was talking to this officer, he couldn't believe I was talking to him. He was like, this guy was talking to me, telling me everything he wanted me to do. It was actually on Father's Day, like, uh, I think it was Father's Day weekend. Happened on, uh, June, uh, 11th, 2013. No, 2000, June 16th, 2011. Yeah, that, that would be closer to Father's Day. Well, yeah. um, and also, they threatened to take your leg off, right? Oh yes. Oh man. And then, and then again, let me go back to you. If you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil. And this guy that was in the op- when I was when I was being healed, you know, and everything, you know, they 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 got me to the hospital. They they saved me. They were they were doing good. They promised to save my leg and everything. And then they got me into the operating room, and lo and behold, this guy doctor comes out. And 
looks over me and says, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good, man, you know. He's like, well, they talked to you about your leg. And I said, yeah, y'all going to save it. <laughs> Laughed at me. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, that leg is no good. We need to cut that leg off. And I was like, what? Y'all going to save my leg? No, 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 no. Your leg is no good. You know, you need to go ahead and let me take your leg now. Because if you don't let me take your leg now, you'll be back in a couple of years and I'll take it then. And by then you'll lose your wife. You'll lose your house. You'll lose your car. You'll lose everything. Why don't you just go ahead and let me take your leg now? I wiggled my toes, and I was like, dude, I can wiggle my toes, man. No, nah, no, nah, you don't realize. I, are you telling me that other doctors didn't tell you about this, didn't tell you that your leg is that bad? And I said, man, get out of here. Just please get out of here. And then, and then again, here comes my angel. She came in, and she was there, and she was like, what's going on? And I was crying to him, crying to her. And I said, this guy is telling me he's going to take my leg off. And he's, she was like, what? What are you telling him? She was another doctor, another, another plastic surgeon. And she was like, you know, you, you need to get out of here. You, you need to, you know, what, what you need, you need to go. And then she told me, she goes, look, Paul, I'll do everything I can to save your leg. Don't worry. We are going to save your leg. Wow. Made me feel good. I went down. They operated. I woke up. My leg was still on me. They told me it was going to take like 16. That guy, that doctor was going to take so many hours. And I think he just didn't want to work on me. He didn't want to work on me because well, it's a, yeah. He sounded like he wanted to, didn't want to put the work in, but oh, I mean, this is your life he's talking about. Oh yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> to me, yeah. it's like that was the, the devil, man, because it's just the way he was talking. Because that's not only the first. That wasn't the first. That was his first time that he tried to stop my my recovery. That was his first time. But my faith, my faith, kept me going because because after this wreck, I I believed that I said, man. You know, for some reason, I'm, I, I am here, and I know what I heard a long time ago, and I know that I am here for a reason, and and, and ain't no way anybody going to stop me. Ain't no way. Well, and it seems like, from you know what you've told me, that uh, at least one of those reasons is to be writing the spiritual poetry that you're writing and doing things like uh, going to uh, funerals and, and reciting poetry. People have invited you, right? Yeah, yes, yes. They they've asked me. They 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 know I I wrote poems. They heard what I've been had been writing, and they're like, "Do you think you can? Do you think you can write a, a poem for my my father? You know, he, which was my my uncle. You know, he he passed away. And this is where it comes to where this is where I find out about you know my my great grandmother are writing poetry, and then my grandfather yeah. writing poetry. And I was like, "What? Wow!" I, I, yeah, t- tell us a little about that. What what do you know about your great grandmother? My well, my great grandmother. Let me tell you about my great grandmother. My great grandmother, her name is Jacinta. Her name is Jacinta G. Molina. She was the wife of Rubano, who was born in uh, nine in eighteen ninety and died October nineteen eighty five, which the year my daughter was born, which is a blessing mm-hmm. to me. She became a U.S. citizen on September. 1985. She actually has. I even actually have her certificate number. And uh, so she was a Native American born in Mexico, isn't that right? Correct, correct, correct. Her grand, her mother was. I sent you a picture of her, and her mother was total um, Indian. I mean, she. If you saw that picture, she is total Indian. We don't really know what type of Indian. My 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 mom said something, but I really don't. You know, I'm not sure. But I mean, if you look at her. You sit her now next to, to um, let's say Geronimo. She looks 
a lot. You know, you know, she's like a, a daughter of Geronimo or something. I mean, she is, she's a lot like, I mean, she looks like, I mean, we have pictures of it. Yeah, it's a wonder, it's a wonderful photo where we'll probably put that up on the website. Um, now tell me, um, how did you find out that she wrote poetry and that your, I guess you knew your grandfather, you were close to your grandfather. Did you, did he ever read you his poetry? He, he, he did, but he, he, he read it in Spanish, which I, I'm, I'm Hispanic. And unfortunately, I know a little bit of Spanish, but you uh-huh. know, he, he, he would, you know, and, and so, you know, of course it was, it was, uh, Mixed, you know, birth, uh, Spanish and English. But, um, yeah, he, but he was blind. He actually was blind when, he went blind right before I was born. And, uh, right before, you know, I was, right, I guess, you know, right before, I, I guess, not, sorry, right after I was born, he went blind. And mm. when he, and when he went blind, he, he wanted to remember, like, how we, you know, like how we looked. And of course, a blind person feels a person. And, uh, me, he, he felt me, you know, and, <laughs> He would touch me and everything, and, and he gave me the name of Buddha. I never knew why, you know, and, and I always thought, like, well, that's a pretty good name, you know. That's like, you know, Buddha, man. Buddha's a, you know, he's a spiritual dude, and he's a, he's a god, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know. But, you know, it just made me, all the time, it made me feel good, you know. But my my, my grandfather, he's a guy who, who actually wrote poetry, like I said, you know, when I found out, he wrote poetry also. Yeah. And so he, the, he, he felt your face, and he called you Buddha, which is really... You know, uh, uh, he felt my stomach too. <laughs> okay. My whole body. And, and yeah. so he, did he think he was really reading, you know, Buddha founded Buddhism. Uh, did he think you were a spiritual being? I mean, is that why he called you that? Or did he just, was it just a nickname he gave you? No, I, I couldn't tell you. I think he just, you know, just cause I was a little fat, chubby boy. And I guess, that's it. That's great. I just think yeah, it was a blessing, you know, that, that would, that he named me that name, because like I said, just, it's just everything that I, that's been going through my life, you know? And, exactly. And also the, the little statues of Buddha are, are often chubby. So yeah, I think exactly. that, that's what he was think, saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, maybe that's why, you know, I didn't turn out that way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Paul, you, uh, you're now uh, perhaps of the mind that, that the poetry that's coming to you is coming from your grandfather and, and from your great grandmother. Yes. Yes. Cause I would sit here. You know, like I said, back then, you know, I would write, but, but I didn't think nothing of it all back then, you know, like, wow, where is that coming from? Until, until now, you know, like I said, when my faith gotten stronger, you know what I mean? It's my faith, because my leg is still not my, I mean, I, I ache, Lee, I hurt. They mm-hmm. had me on, on all kinds of, of pills. They had I me, mean, they had me on everything, but my faith has gotten stronger. And by sitting here, sometimes I, I'd look over a picture that I, my, my, my mother gave me, who, who was Beatrice Molina Espinosa. And, and she gave me this picture of my, of my grandparents and, and, and my great grandmother. And, and I'd sit here and I'd look at it and, you know, and then like all of a sudden I, I, I just feel something, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's weird. To, it's hard to say because it's like, you know, like music would just come, like, like a, a melody would come and, you know, or something would come to me, you know, and so that's where, that's where like this is, this is, this is, this is one poem that came to me is, and it's like, I titled it Living Life Blessed. And I titled it because, you know, like, like I'm, I, I'm glad to be living life. You know, I'm you yes. know, living life blessed. But this, this is, this is, this is how it goes. It's living life blessed. I bet you never guessed that I would even live this long or even wrote this song. But I'm here writing it just for you. It's what I was blessed to do. It's been keeping me around just long enough. So 
fucking preach his ways and call the devil's bluff. I've had enough of doing wrong, so I hope I can help someone with this song. When you seem broken down, when you think you've had enough, when you just want to quit, stand back up and call the devil's bluff. God is by your side. He's been there all along. He will never give up on you just as long as your faith stays strong. Believe in his words, for they are true. Because God has forgiven me, this is how I stand before you. I don't know why, I just know it was meant to be. So I'm living life blessed. God walks beside me. I actually wrote that Thursday, the 9th, April 2015, probably about 3 o'clock in the morning. You know? Yeah, very nice. Uh, Read something else. Do you have the uh, tribute to your uncle that you read at the funeral? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I actually, I actually, I went and gave this to my um, to my second cousin, which is my mom's cousin, which is the one who told me about. You know, he says, "Wow, you know what you read? It reminds me of my grandmother when she would read to me. You know, she uh. just, you know, she she would read to him in Spanish, and and what she would read to him, she goes, I, he, he told me he's not sure if it was like you know poetry or or hymns or what, but it was just so so beautiful, beautiful. And then I said, well, my mother said she write poetry, and he goes, I thought it was, you know, so." But here's one that I that I that I wrote for the you know like I I actually I I wrote this and I um I gave it in love and memory of them you know because I wrote this a while back but I I recited this at, at at um I gave this to them let me go ahead and read this to you it goes um okay. missing me it's been a while since you've been gone we still don't understand it or what went wrong but God called you back home on that glorious day and it's not our job to question it it's just God's way. But we know, but we would like you to know that you are missed. We miss your smile, laughter, and your loving way. We miss being hugged by you every day. But God had a plan and called you back home. We know it was never your intent to leave us alone. So we will wait until that day when we meet again, because we know you'll be standing at the gates of heaven to welcome us in. Mm. That was another. Very nice. Thank you. You you know, uh, as a chaplain, I, I do funeral services, and I often try to mention the the, the my experience of NDEs or someone else's experience of NDEs um, because it's so uh, reassuring to people to hear from someone who's seen the other side and knows that it's there and knows that our lives are eternal uh, and so it's it's wonderful material for funerals and uh, I think you're the only other person that I've talked to at least on the show who's who is uh, you know now being getting involved in funerals and if if you share your experience, your NDE experience, uh, as part of that, uh, you'll you'll be um, it'll be much appreciated. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate you calling me and and having me do what I'm doing, you know, you know, on the on this radio show right now because, like I said, I I, I that was another poem that I, that I, that I that I that came to me and and I mean that's I'm not a singer or nothing like that, but. It, but that's what came to me. But but look, let me go back to another one that I wrote. My another uncle passed away, actually. And um, okay, we have we have time for one more, I think. Okay, let me let me let, then let me let me read you this one. This is called farewell. It goes. Okay. Um, it's a cold and somber day that we had to meet this way. You've come to bid farewell because we know that you are doing well. You've gone back home to rest, like the sun goes down in the west. But unlike the sun, you will not rise again on earth, because in the heavens God has given birth. He has added another angel by his side, and we will hold strong because we know this is not goodbye. We will see you once again one day, but for now we meet this way. So again we bid farewell because the heavens are ringing their bells. 
Thank you, Paul. Well, we're out of time. I think we'll have to bid farewell, at least to the audience for now. But thank you, uh, Paul Espinoza, for telling us about uh, your NDE and your uh, fight to recover from your injuries and the blessings of spiritual inspiration and poetic writings from the other side. If the audience would like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IANS, check out their website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.